What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I am your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who does not have a favorite Christmas song, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. Not even the Grinch. Is that, <laughs> is that a Christmas song? I'm not sure how that is, but yes, it does get a lot of airtime these days. It does. No, I am not the Grinch. I just want to make that clarification for all of our listeners. No, you know, I don't have a favorite Christmas song, but I know songs that I don't like. And I think there's one that you play all the time. It's that what Christmas wrapping song about the <laughs> the mall or something like that, right? I can't get, that's it. I can't get with that Christmas wrapping <laughs> song. So it's not rapping like the, the music genre. It's like wrapping paper. paper right? That's <laughs> just right. to be clear. Oh, that one I love just because it's a lot of fun uh, dance to. I think it's one of those great 80s Christmas songs. You also seem to always turn the channel whenever Bruce Springsteen sings Santa Claus is coming to town. I love yep. Bruce Springsteen. You do too. You just can't stand that song. You know what what uh, singer I love to hear at Christmas time is Nat King Cole. And the songs really? that he sings, they, they are just so soothing to me. And so I could listen to for for all the long time. So, yeah. But the but as far as a favorite song, I don't have one. You have an old soul for sure. You love classical music. I, on the other hand, I started playing Christmas music. I think I might have snuck a little bit in during Thanksgiving. But the second that dinner was over, my Christmas playlist began. And if I'm doing anything around the house... The background noise is Christmas music. I love it. I sing all of them. Church hymns are my favorite, though. If I were to have to pick one song for the Christmas season, Oh, Holy Night. Mm. It is my favorite of all the songs. And many artists sing them. Just beautiful Christmas hymns. That's what everybody needs for this time of year. Christmas hymns and great friends to enjoy the season. Last night, as you were putting up decorations in the front room, you had the Alexa playing, and I was watching TV, but I could hear that Alexa playing in the background, and you were just singing away to every song that came on, (laughs) and then you'd get excited, like, like, who is that? And then you'd ask Alexa, who is that singing that song? And she'd come back on. So I I just smiled as I'm watching, I don't know, the news or whatever, and here you are engaging in the, the, the Christmas spirit early. Oh, I love it. We've been engaging in this Advent season, and we do have to remind ourselves as Catholics that we are in the season of Advent liturgically and that we can continue celebrating Christmas, but that celebration begins on the 25th. That hasn't stopped us, though, from spending time with good friends. I think every weekend during the month of December, we have another gathering with friends, friends that we're going Uh, out to dinner with, friends who invited us over, friends who are coming to our home for a weekend. Our friends are fantastic. Now, we moved very early on in our marriage, probably within, what, four or five months after we got married, we moved away from our hometown in Southern California, and we never lived there again. So it was very important for us to find very close friendships because Mm -hmm. we didn't have our family near us. 
we've done that. In fact, I would dare say that the friends that we have made since we have moved to the Pacific Northwest are the most valuable friendships we have. Yeah, we really have uh, have brought friends in as family. And for that matter, we have so many godchildren and as an extension, connections to families that you know, we, we look at our godchildren as part of our family. And for sure. We, we just see this expansion of family uh, and friends as a consequence. So that's the beauty of, uh, of, of a family, of marriage, of, of a holy family. And we strive to be a holy family looking at Mary and Joseph as our model but that it has effect in our community and what a blessing for us. And I hope a blessing for the many people that we, that we call friends. And above all, Scott, for you and I, our relationship, we were friends. And as we began dating, that friendship grew and grew. And for both of us, well, we would both agree that we are each other's best friends. If there is something wonderful that has happened, well, we tell each other first before everyone else. And when there is sadness, that grief is shared between us immediately. Well, the reason why we brought this up is because during this week, that View from the Pew is airing just a few days ago was the feast day of St. Ambrose. And on the morning blend that I do with my co-host, David, we talked about St. Ambrose and he wrote about friendship and the value of good friendship. So we thought today, well, we'd spend a little bit of time talking about the beauty and the gift that God gives us in our friendship. So we have no special guest today. Scott, coming up, you're going to share with us some of the important aspects of what it means to be a best friend. And then after that, we want to just explore more and share more about our friendship, but also how that relates to the church's view of friendship. And we're going to look a little bit at Fratelli Tutti, the Pope's encyclical, on brotherhood, but that's brotherhood and sisterhood by his view of his writing. So stay with us. We got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak with DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 75. And I'm working on a new book, Deep Virtue, The Way of the Hero. And I wanted to make a, a massive, uh, massive progress on that. And you know, Robert Louis Stevenson and Jack London and Hemingway and people like that, they used to go to see uh, when they would write. And so I thought, well, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. And I got a real inexpensive passage on a, a cruise, a seven or eight day cruise. And I got on that ship and I just was in my own little bubble. I unplugged from the Matrix. I didn't go to the fancy dinners at night. I found uh, the Serenity Deck and I just spent time working on my new book. In fact, I'm going to go out again in a week and redo it one more time and I think my book will be done then. But I went to the Serenity Deck and you know what? It was very hard to find Serenity there. Uh, when you get on the ship, the music is blasting and people are having fun and, and you know, they're drinking and they're gambling and they're, there's kind of this party atmosphere with loud rock and roll. But when I go out to sea, you know, and I had my sailboat, I, I go out there for my Serenity. And in this boat, the deck, the Serenity Deck, is not that, is uh, kind of close to where all the loud music is. And I had to go way, 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 way forward to the very front of the boat and way up there where the breeze was in your face, uh, 
I was able to be able to kind of be quiet and be with the Lord. And that's what we need to do. When the, the noise of our life just gets so noisy, there's so much attack and it's wanting our attention, go way to the front of the boat. Go way up there where the wind is blowing. Go way up there where you spend time with the Lord, where you read the Psalms, where you do the liturgy of the hours, where you pray the rosary. Go way up front where the wind is blowing and find that time of serenity from the Lord where you can step away from the busyness and the hectativity of your life. This is Bear Wozniak from DeepAdventure.com with this week's Deep Virtue number 75. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for peace by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why do you listen to Mater Day Radio? Is it for the prayers, Catholic news and education, or to be inspired? Whatever your reason for listening, we are grateful for your support. And as we surpass 30 years of broadcasting a gospel message, we hope you will consider leaving a legacy for Mater Day Radio in your estate planning. This can be as easy as including Catholic Radio as a beneficiary in your will. For more information on estate planning options, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. It's Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Dei Radio. Scott, during the week on December 7th was the feast day of St. Ambrose. First of all, can I say I love that name? Occasionally in church, you'll run across a big Catholic family and lo and behold, one of the young boys always seem to have the name Ambrose. It's quite a powerful name. But St. Ambrose was a holy bishop in Milan, and he wrote extensively. But for his feast day, we focused a little bit on his writings on friendship. And let me share this with you. This is from one of his writings. He said, Do not desert a friend in time of need, nor forsake him, nor fail him, for friendship is the support of life. If friends and prosperity help friends, why do they not also in times of adversity? Let us aid by giving counsel. Let us offer our best endeavors. Let us sympathize with them with all our heart. And if necessary, let us endure for a friend, even hardship. And then he ends by saying, preserve then, my sons, that friendship you have begun with your brethren. For nothing in the world is more beautiful than that. Friendships are beautiful you know, and friendships are gifts from God. They are gifts for us to enjoy and to have that support. Yeah. You know, St. Ambrose uh, in, in his myriad of, of tremendous works he's done for 
clarifying and defining uh, aspects of our faith, the, the role he played in the church's growth was significant because he was a teacher of St. Augustine. And as a teacher of St. Augustine of Hippo, I mean, just a just powerful friendship that had to develop between the two of them and that they both carry the gravitas they do in terms of our remembrance of how the early church formed and how our awareness of baptism formed and our awareness of the Bible came about. Just uh, out of that friendship, so much uh, grew. And, and I think that's the, the value of and the need for friendship. And who are we called to be friendship in friendship with mostly in our lives? And that is Jesus Christ. Oh, absolutely. Of course, St. Ambrose, one of our wonderful doctors of the church and his writings, as you said, so profound. So it was wonderful to be able to celebrate his feast day this week and recognize, well, our very blessed friendships. Well, for today's show, I found an article and it's on catholicmen.com written by Mark Glebe, where he shares the four qualities of authentic friendship. Now you think about your friends and we'll go through these and talk a little bit more about each one of these virtues and see if your friendships hold up to this. And if you as a friend are holding to these virtues, because, well, while we love to have our good friends near us, we in turn, as St. Ambrose said, well, we have got to be that good friend to them also. So first of all, we're going to talk about these Four qualities. The first one that Mark puts forward on CatholicMen.com is this. Authentic friends are on the same quest. In fact, he quotes St. Teresa of Jesus who said, True friendship consists in a mutually perfecting one another and drawing closer to God. I think that's beautiful. We're on the same mission. You see that sometimes in, in relationships where they're going in opposite directions and you can see how difficult it is. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the uh, tenets of uh, Catholic social teaching is to, to stand in, in solidarity with those who are in need. And I think we learn how to stand in solidarity first through family and then through friendships because we learn to empathize. And then we stand with those who have yet to become friends, but we know in our uh, kinship that we have to the creator, that we have a responsibility to be open and in that way in solidarity with those who are in need. And that is a friendship component. So to walk in a similar path uh, is is clearly uh, the value that we gain as Christians who find one another to support one another. Because our salvation, as Pope Francis says in uh, Fratelli Tutti, it, it is is dependent on our interaction with others. Though it's our personal choice, we depend upon one another, and that's where the church gains its strength from. That's why she's so uh, focused on this communal Thanksgiving that we call Mass, and that's just the beauty of that. And it brings out of that uh, friendship with folks who have a similar focus and direction, and that is to follow Christ. Scott, as an onlooker of one of your good friendships, you and a fellow deacon of yours, you were both ordained in the same class. You know, you have taken trips together. You have been pilgrims together. It is amazing that when, that before you ever became a deacon, we did not know them. 
But when you became a deacon, meaning I guess what I'm trying to say is when we and you especially aligned your will to that of God's, the journey he took you on, and that same journey was placed in the hearts of others, and you began to learn and know each other. And that journey through your diaconate formation and then ordination and then into ministry, you're all on the same journey. And boy, those are very deep friendships. Now, the second thing that Mark talks about in his article, which I think is kind of goes along with what you have in your deacon friendships, he says, authentic friends are honest. Now, that's not to say that in honesty, you're going to go around and point out to everybody, you know, where their missteps are. But that honesty, he says, is actually internal, meaning that you have to be able to have a true friendship that you can be authentic with, that you can share your struggles. You can share those parts of you that you see are you're, you're falling short and in turn, they're there to help you out. In fact, St. Jerome wrote this, true friendship ought never to conceal what it thinks. It's important yeah. to be able to share that. When we hear authentic word that rings so true to our heart, we know what the difference between right and wrong within our heart. And the reason that it resonates deeply when we hear it from a friend is because of that openness and that awareness to be authentic. And when you're a friend, you don't, you don't want to put on airs. You want to be open to them uh, in their, in the discussion that you have. And so you're, you're expressing what we're naturally meant to do, which is to be an authentic speaker of, of the heart and the mind that God has given us in union with the Holy Spirit who guides us in our talk. So even though a friendship may, may just have conversations, we should always be mindful that the conversation has tremendous value to God. And so be mindful of that as we have these social gatherings, as we meet with people. It's not a time to, okay, I'm going to need to flip off the God switch and turn on the social switch. We need to keep that God switch on all the time and know that this person speaking to me can give me profound insight because we are in friendship and in a similar direction, uh, that is to follow Christ. Now, that's not to say that every friend you have has to be a Christian, but right. the, the best friends that we have, the friends that we really rely on to buoy us up and to give us hope and strength are oftentimes those who are on the same path as we are uh, in our faith. Well, today on View from the Pew, the good deacon and I were talking about what it means to be a friend and to have friends. And we're talking about an article that I found recently in catholicmen.com. It was written by Mark Glebe. We're talking about some of these qualities of friendships because during the week, well, it was the feast day of St. Ambrose who wrote often on friendship. All right, so the third quality of authentic friendships says this, authentic friends are vulnerable. And here he adds a quote from St. Maximilian Kolbe. And this is beautiful. God sends us friends to be our firm support in the whirlpool of struggle. In the company of friends, we will find strength 
to attain our sublime ideal. Oh, beautiful. And to, to realize where he solidified that focus so poignantly in the uh, concentration camps during the Second World War and, and synthesized that into uh, a means of sacrifice for uh, someone who was going to die. He, he offered himself in place of, of their, uh, their death and uh, it was accepted by the enemy and he, he, he died and that martyrdom. Um, but it was, it was out of that friendship and that willingness to walk together and to build one another up that, uh, that he gains that ultimate uh, vulnerability mm. to another. And then lastly, the final quality that Mark talks about is this. Authentic friends treat each other with compassion and respect. And Thomas Aquinas had something to say about this. He said, there is nothing on this earth more to be prized than true friendship. And he goes on to talk about, and you mentioned this too, the Holy Family, right? That love, that compassion, respect. Imagine St. Joseph being placed in, in the, as the protector of Mary and Jesus. I mean, he was their servant. He was their protector and full of compassion for the Christ child. Then we think about that, especially this Advent season. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I think there's a, maybe an easy uh, fallacy to have this idea that, that St. Joseph was hired as the protector by God. No, he was invited into this deep friendship with God through Jesus and Mary. And so that, their friendship must have been phenomenal. As, uh, as I just you know, reflect on yours and my friendship, how we've grown, you know, at the beginning it, it was, you know, there was, there wasn't a friendship per se between Joseph and Mary, there was anxiety and what do I do? And then, and then the angel of the Lord comes and, and offer invites him into something deeper. And then he engages, he, he, he relents and engages and is vulnerable to that ask and is with Mary and Jesus. Uh, through his life and can one, one can only imagine that they were best friends. And again, Scott, when we look at these different qualities now in looking back at our relationships and our experiences with our friends, we can point out these authentic qualities, these qualities of uh, being on the same journey together, being honest with, with each other, having compassion and respect. I mean, you, you walked with your brother deacon for weeks almost two weeks i think that trip was you were there for each other on on great moments and really difficult moments and your friendship only grew stronger yeah we certain our friendship certainly grew out of our shared relationship and and experience as we were in formation to become deacons and then we spent 10 years together in a continuing friendship that that grew slowly over those 10 years as we met at convocations and he lives all the way on the other side of the the archdiocese from us and the 10th anniversary came and he invited he had a dream actually he invited me from this dream he had to go walk the way of saint francis from assisi to rome and i just responded after checking in with my best friend you Mm -hmm. would that be okay to do and there, there was a resounding yes from you. And so, so started a deeper 
move into our friendship. And I consider uh, Deacon Sam one of my best friends uh, in, in the world. And that grew so deeply on that trip because when you're out in nature doing the hard work that we did of, of hiking through uh, this wilderness, uh, you set down things that you otherwise would, would carry into a discussion or friendship. You set them down because they have no value to you. So you realize, and those those things are are your masks, are your your titles, are your you know those things that shackle you down. Well, you're just purging that as you're walking together. And so we had deep discussions every night. We had discussions on the road, and we had moments of extreme vulnerability. When one day uh, I wore a different pair of shoes because uh, we took a couple of pairs of hiking shoes with us and oh my gosh, the pain was so bad. And we were only halfway through our walk and it was the longest day of our walk. And so I, I remember distinctly turning to him and saying, I can't do this. I need your prayers. And inspired by that, he turned and he prayed to me. He prayed with me and he prayed uh, in such a beautiful way, such a powerful way. And in that prayer and praying over me as he did, I had a not only a support and, and encouragement, I had actually an ability that I didn't have uh, prior to that prayer. And I was able to finish that hike with him. And I attribute that to being vulnerable and allowing the Holy Spirit to enter in. And the Holy Spirit inspired him, but he became vulnerable to the Holy Spirit and he prayed in that way, and that charism gave me strength that I could never imagine in order to finish that day's hike. And that just really took our friendship to an, another level. And we're going to be sharing that together in a conference coming up soon towards the end of the month that he and I are going to um, call the Encounter Ministries. And we're going to talk more about the charisms of being a deacon and the charisms that we have from our baptism and confirmation. Well, another great episode of View from the Pew that we look forward to sharing with you. Scott, before we go today, though, will you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the faith that you have given us rooted in friendship as you called the disciples into friendship and as a consequence brought forth a change in the world. We pray that the friendships that we have, that we cherish them, that we respect them, and that we always invite you into the midst of our friendships, that we can speak with authenticity, that we can speak with vulnerability, and that we can speak life into one another. We ask this in your holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and Love your friendships tremendously. You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio in Portland, Oregon.